Welcome. This is episode number nine. Um, very similar format to episode number eight, seeing as it's second half of Matt Stevens' interview um, and some more content that we uh, gathered on our rounds, sticking microphones in places where they shouldn't have been at the bike show in Birmingham. So without further ado, uh, have a listen to Matt and us in a pub in Waterloo. Enjoy. Hemel Hempstead. Hemel Hempstead. See, so, so you still got a, a Hemel Hempstead jersey. Have you seen the latest Hemel Hempstead jersey? I have. But I think it's similar, but it's it's not sort of gone off into... Is it like the Rabobank one? Oh, we're going to get one? shown it. Hang on. Here we oh, go. Oh, so it, we're, not, we're not, we're, we're not going to do a club kit corner officially no, there's no club in this, this but week. I think we maybe should talk about Hemel let's, Hempstead. Let's give them a little, a little shout out. Big up to I mean, Hemel Hempstead. They've, they've kindly... When I won the Nationals, they kindly made me a life member of that club. So, and I went and spoke at their club dinner uh, uh, last winter, and it was it was great. It's actually a little bit emotional. Big fan of the Hemel. Um, but if we're going to talk about that that jersey, it's got all the, the key component parts, which of course are the blue, the orange, and the white. Less everybody of, knows that. Everybody knows that. But, uh, do, but is there? A, I've asked this, We asked. We talked about this previous on Club Kit Corner. Is there a reason for those colours? Do you know? I don't. I think it's something to the Holdsworth professional team back in right. the day. But I think the Holdsworth team. I think it's a really good question, and it's one I might ask one of the club secretaries who's knocking yeah, about. A, a lot of clubs in. Have you got him on your phone? Can we I, I, I haven't got him on my phone. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think he has a phone. Oh, okay. I think he just answers letters. So your pigeons. Or letters. So a lot Ravens. of um, a, lot, a lot of Sussex clubs are yellow, yellow, green, and white. Or a few, because, a few that I know. they can only see in those, that spectrum yeah. of... So, well, a few, a few that I know. Anyway, uh, uh, there's a lot of sort of yellow. And I always wondered if that's an area thing or if it's gone back to... If, okay. I <laughs> honestly don't know. <laughs> He'd rather save those. But, but the orange and blue, I think less the white. The white has really, has really come to the fore there. When I was riding for them, it was all blue with an orange and white and yellow, orange band. Um, You've got a on your phone. And that, that screams that screams late nineties to me. Uh, but so maybe that's so the thing. So that. That's what well, yeah, that's, that's yeah, what, yeah, yeah, it screams late nineties. It's not a bad jersey. I think, uh, I think it's it almost could, like it could it, do with an update. It's almost that's like the Phoenix. Was, yeah, I mean that was the I mean look at that. It's a sweet we're looking at Matt in his hey in his pomp at seventeen, are you there Matt? In my pomp, I was uh, seventeen or eighteen, I'm not too sure. Uh, that was taken in uh, in autumn, as you can tell by the, by the leaves. Beautiful uh, leaves. In Watford, near the town hall. Yeah, okay. And had someone so, told you a very funny joke at that point? No, or that's the that face that I normally pulled at that it? time, okay. yeah. It's so good to, you've uh, still got that face as well. That's a strange lad. So to, to describe it for viewers, if you've not seen it, you can see it on Matt Stevens' Meet the GCN Presenters video. That's the, the plug that GCN will get. That's and good. And if you watch the GCN show every week, my picture's dead centre as well. Yeah, it's, it's in the, the back background. Of yeah. <laughs> Just covered in snow foam from previous Christmas. So if you uh, if you want a descri- description of this video, it's it's orange with a sweet fade to white with a blue, uh, royal blue stripe across the middle. It says Hemel Hempstead, then white, then sweet fade to orange. That's how I would describe it. What and they've done though, they've toughened up the font a little bit. That that font says to me, oh you wouldn't God. want to, you wouldn't. The new font, and I'm looking at the jersey on screen now, uh, which you can pick up for £37.50, including that. I understand. Uh, it's an aggressive, slightly aggressive font, a confident font, a font you wouldn't want to kind of meet in a fight. But the, the font from the late 1980s was more a friendly, avuncular sort of font, which I'm far more, far more fond that, of. Is that a reflection of, of the club? 
the Times, I think. I think it's the Times. It's a bit more stabby. Yeah, yeah, slightly more stabby. But if you're in a breakaway with that font, you'd probably be more willing to do a turn than maybe if you're in a breakaway with me back in the olden days. That font isn't really saying much. I think I might sit on for a bit. It's quite. It says. uh, It says uh, RAF to me. The shapes. It's, it also so, says yeah, it's so a suggests a phoenix rising from the flames. Oh, it's is it a Hemel theme or from the groin? Okay, from the groin. Uh, oh yeah. It looks like something joyous is emerging from the groin there. Uh, it's a also bunch very of yeah. It's very aerodynamic too, in terms of design. So if you were gonna uh, let's mark the kit out of ten because we do in Club Kit Corner mark kits out of ten. Would you like to do that? Would you like to? Right. Okay. I'm going to give it a seven because Ooh. I do like the incorporation of the traditional uh, Hemel Hempstead CC crest, which is essentially a wheel with angel wings. Okay. Ed, would you like to comment on the Hemel Hempstead CC? Uh, it probably need its own podcast. Oh, Mr. Ed. Well, Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed has numerous bugbears. The the first one that I will point out to the special guest Matt Stevens is that the the design from the centre does not go around via the side panels. Um, Mr. Ed has an issue with uh, individual side to be panels. Fair, with this one, I haven't got a problem with it because it's, it cuts off the stripe in the middle. Yeah. Okay. The problem I've got with it is is well, first of all, the, the zip cuts the words up too much. Modern jerseys, you can actually get hidden zips, so you, there's no need for that. There's no, it's just no need. Okay. Um, Little tech gripe there from Mr. Ed. And also, where's the CC? It's cause it could be Hemel Hempstead Borough Council for all we know. I mean, I'm oh. a big fan of Hemel, I'm a life member, but it should say CC. It could be just Hemel Hempstead, I don't it, know, Crown Bowl Greens Association. Is it I don't not know. kind of obvious the fact that they're, they're cyclists? Cycling, yeah. I just, I just like the CC. Like I mean, CC. from a, an aesthetic perspective, I like the CC. It's classic, it's British, it's kind of the CC is a real British thing. And I, I want to see the CC in there. He's hammering the table in uh, indefinite. Sorry, yeah, yeah. The, se- the second problem I have is is Hemel Hempstead on the side panels. Could that not be in one line? Like it you know, be. it's quite small, just sort of stacked. And I just think that maybe if you're going to put it on there, put it put it big, or even put Hemel on the shorts and Hempstead on the jersey. Yeah. Oh wow. Or just HHCC. Or just HHCC. Um, in short, I'm going to give it four. Four. Now, I'm the forever optimist of this podcast, Matt. Uh, I like to make sure that people come away happy from the podcast rather than Mr. Ed, who's akin to the kind of Simon Cowell, let's yeah, say, of brutal. the podcast. It's honest but brutal. It's direct. Quite direct. And also wanting companies to, uh, or clubs to come to me to make yeah. design better kit. That's so, true. There is a degree of that, quite clearly. Uh, I'm going to go with a uh, five and a half. For me, it's not my favourite. I'm a, I think I might have been a five and a half last time as well. I don't like to piss people off. It's, just, it's, like, it's, it's like sitting on the edge. It really is five, right on the fence. Two. Yeah, that's, that's me. Five and a half every time. Now, for me, it doesn't. Uh, uh, <coughs> I will caveat that. I wouldn't. I, it's not really for me. I think it needs an update. Uh, I think maybe there's too much white. I've commented on too much white too for, much for white. British roads. It would be forever mucky. Uh, so five and a half. More, but I'd like to see more blue. Maybe a tad darker. Maybe a bit more orange. Let's let's just take it from there. But Miltag are great for cycling kit. Have you heard of Miltag? I have now. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky. Cheeky. <laughs> um, what was the best jersey you ever wore in your career? Apart from GCN. Well, aside from the GCN kit uh, supplied by ASOS, uh, it would be 
No, it would be probably top bonk Flemish Flish Flounder Flanders Flemish Flemish Flish Flanders top bonk Flemish Fish Flans of Flanders, uh, and then and then second place the British Champs jersey. Oh, very nice. Oh, hello. Yeah, yeah, hello. hello. Oh, most side Div Champs in third. It's a, it was a pretty cool uh, champions jersey that. Yeah, it's yeah, very I mean, nice. They, they, there was, wasn't there a story they, they did a gold, actually gold, Harrods logo? No, what happened was, because you win the jersey on the day, you win the jersey that supplied by BC, and there it is, you've got the picture there, uh, where they basically stamped, they got some Harrods kind of stickers in gold, put them on the top, and they got fined. So was that, was that on the podium? Yeah, that's so the original one, is it? That's the one I. That's the one I got on the podium. They gave you. Yeah. And then Harrod said, "Well, we're not going to give you a new one. We'll just oh take no! The logo so one. basically, we got it. I got given it, and before I jumped on the podium, they came along with a bit oh. of sticker, stuck it on, and they got fined a thousand quid. Did they really? Because you're never. When you win the national oh, championships yeah, no. on the podium, it's supposed to be clean. So I was probably the only rider in the last 15, 20 years to have ever done that, and it wasn't actually my doing. So luckily, I didn't have to pay the fine, but that I think it was a grand. Wow. Fine. You That's can wear a cap or something, but not the yeah. jersey should be unencumbered yeah. or, or kind of uh, uncompromised. Fuel. Yeah, Fuel. until you, of course, uh, you, the sponsor's gone later on. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just want to put this picture. Oh, cr- crumbs. Here we go. This it, is so. In- I can't. I'm going to. We might have to. Yeah. That was a cold. That was a cold morning. Um, yeah. As pointed out by Brad Wiggins the other day, Matt Illingworth put this picture, and we're looking at a picture, it's basically of a postcard of the North Wirral Velo from 1994. Uh, we've got postcards made. And uh, Matt Illingworth stuck it on Twitter, a good mate of mine, Matt, now lives in Australia. And Brad Wiggins commented on it, and he said it was very, very cold that day. And I'll leave you to make up your own minds why he said that. <laughs> Classic. I, 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 I do think this is a really cool jersey. It's cool for me because it's what uh, what Chris Borman wore for his hour record once. Yeah, he did. What, that shirt and tie? No, the the velo kit, that one there. Because he, he, he does, he does, he does on this picture look I like forgot, a photocopy of Well, somebody said that, like, again, on, uh, it was posted on Instagram the other day. It's quite funny, quite timely that you show this. If some, did somebody commented, was Chris Borman an accountant or a, or a, a teacher that had just started? At a, at a kind of local primary school, but now that's his gan. That's his gan casual oh, yeah. wear right there. Extremely baggy. The classic '90s oversized, unfitted kind yeah. of suit. What, sort of what, like it's real hot combo. right now. It's big back. It's come back. Is it? Yeah. All the kids are wearing oversized stuff. They now. are, aren't they? Sort oh, of yeah. ill-fitting jeans. The '90s is returning. Yeah, they have. Idiots. Fools. But uh, the Kodak. I mean, yeah. What a, that's a, such a great brand. It was. A, it was. A, it was. No, they. They. There was a, a friend of uh, a guy called Harry Middleton, whose son rode for the team. But was a big fan of uh, cycling. Worked high up at Kodak, whose offices, bizarrely, were in Hemel Hempstead. It's quite strange. Uh, put some money into a cycling team, and enabled us to, yeah, to ride. And um, yeah, Chris put his expertise behind the team as well. And it meant for the first time I got I got a little bit paid to ride my bike, you know, That's whilst cool. working full time as well. Um, but now it's a good squad. A lot of very fun memories. And the baseball caps, they say, make cycling great again. So they, they basically did. <laughs> you, can, you, you have to, you have to sort of zoom in very close. But that's basically what they did say. Is that while you were still? Was that where you were when you were a policeman? No, that was when I was working at Marks and Spencer. Oh right, okay. Wow. It was 
I would definitely six avoid years. avoided your checkout. Were you checkout? Check I was, yeah. I used to get mistaken for Ray Parler. Uh, of oh. Arsenal fame on a on a very alarmingly regular basis. You could if you look, if you're look, if you're looking at the photograph, you can actually tell definitely because Matt's hair is uh, lustrous. It, it is. It's 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 in it's the early voluminous. 90s. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, but they're a good squad. There's Chris Newton there, Matt Ellingworth, Simon Lillestone, good mate of mine who lives just up the road in Bradford and Avon. Now Stuart Dangerfield, Pete Longbottom, sadly no longer with us, passed away in 1998. Um, yeah, uh, no, a great bunch of people. So I ended up turning pro for Muddy Fox, and I was briefly reincarnated as a mountain bike pro. Now I've seen uh, I've seen Matt ride a mountain bike on the uh, on GMBN, the Global Mountain Bike Network, and uh, I have to say, this fact stuns me slightly. <laughs> no, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, I do, and I'm letting the cat out of the bag here. And a lot of the lads, we know, like <laughs> I write most of the GMBN content. Uh, but you taught, you yeah. taught Neil Donahoe all he knows. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're good lads, and they, 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 you know, it's uh, yeah. I kind of help them out with tips, and we often take them out for a bit of a spin in the woods, over a bit of loam, a few rock gardens. I have to say, get well soon, Neil. A few endos and a few tail whips, yeah. and uh, and we're home again. You know, it's uh, and they love that. Yeah, I'd say get well soon, Neil. He's yeah. uh, he's had a oh, bit yeah. of an off. Yeah, had he? a nasty accident, old Neil, but yeah. he's back in the office now. Oh, that's at G- good. At uh, GMBN GCN Towers, and uh, oh, looking that's good. good. Excellent. Good, good. <laughs> so that was how, how long was that career? About five or six weeks. Kit wise, what do you what do you imagine changing? Can you I see think, anything changing? Yeah, I think kit will become increasingly more aero, but I think. Kit will become intelligent, and I think it's kit that will basically you won't you won't have a like a Fitbit on your wrist. You won't have a polar. You, you'll basically the kit will basically regulate. For, it will start to regulate your body temperature. It will read everything, and you won't even know. Uh, and I and you might actually at some point in the next five or ten years be able to kind of change what's on the kit. You know, there'll be holographic holographic images projected on the back. And I think the wonderful thing about kit and the technology that we're at our disposal now is the fact you can put pretty much anything you want on it and that's cool so we like we're, we've been pretty much you know like waxing lyrical about designs of the past which were retro and simple but what you have you have a, a clean slate now the technology is there to pretty much do whatever you want so and that isn't that it's to have no kind of boundaries in terms of yeah. design like kit tech will move on and, and that's kind of exciting but I think the fact that we, we now have the tools at our disposal to actually just put whatever you want on the kit, whether it's Stormtroopers, whether it's a GCN logo, whether it's a floral design, whatever, you can you can pretty much do it now, and that's super exciting. I think it's exciting, but I also think it's dangerous. Because I think the same thing happened in the 90s, it's why everyone sort of says in the 90s that the design went crazy and, it's, and it was a bad era. It's because all of a sudden they went from having to sew together the jerseys and really consider every small, uh, every sponsor, every panel of different colour. And then they went dye sublimation, which means you can do anything, and it doesn't mean you should do anything. I think no, I, I I think you should because I don't think it's we're talking about jersey like kit design just for teams and cyclists. I think I think the, the, the I think the cycling jersey can be anything you want it to be, whether it's a movie poster to put over the top of a cycling jersey. And I think that somebody should be able to come in to you and say to you, I want five jerseys done of this design. And maybe in 10 years' time, they'll be, they'll be able to do that relatively cheaply. No, you can do it already. It's fine. There you go. There you go. I'm kind of, yeah, you can tell how retro I am. But no, no, I think that there's, that there's 
pro team design, club team design, and also small groups of people want to get together and kind of express themselves in the cycling jersey. So I yeah. think, yeah, it's dangerous on the one hand, and you shouldn't forget the kind of the, know, the, beautiful, no, no, no. the beautiful simplicity of jersey design of the past, which we all clearly love, and we agree on that. But I think that it's constantly evolving, and I think no, I, th I think we're, we're beyond that stage where people are are doing anything. I think they are considering a lot more what they should do, and you know the stuff that we see, you know that I see out in, in you know on the roads is you know people you know making their own kit and it being stylish, often harking back to kind of the good bits of the '90s and and older. Um, so you know, but I I, I, I agree. I, I think it's you know it's a fascinating kind of to see how the technology maybe not in aero because I think it feels like the aero stuff is is almost gone as far as it can with the rules in the UCI of you know it has to be a woven fabric and, and therefore you know there's not that much more you can do but you know can we bring technology into it I think so I mean there's I mean that's why like Team Sky for example and uh, I know they're often quite roundly criticized for their immense Kind of money at their disposal in terms of R&D, but um, if, the, if the sport's going to kind of move onwards, you know that, that, that you're, you're looking into other kind of into other fields. So, tech, Silicon Valley is where they sky go, and they look at what's coming up in the future, and they kind of like tap into that kind of like progressive thinking in terms of how do we incorporate tech into into sports. To because the the kind of pursuit of gains is a is a finite one you know and you can only go so fast there's only a point we're going to get you can't go any faster you know so the pursuit of gains is is narrowing that makes it even more challenging so you have to look further afield than traditional design so you look into other kind of areas so is it potentially about less about the uh, the technology of being more be quicker and more about how to generate more income no i think i think it's more about what it can do for the rider so i think it might be a jersey that isn't necessarily faster but what can it what kind of metrics can a jersey give if there's microchips built into the fabric for example can it regulate your body temperature can it keep you warm on a mountain descent can they just flick a switch or just think that they want their jersey to change like the, the properties in terms of its heat conductivity or does it need to suddenly cool and that's the kind of technology that the military sounds, sounds very expensive if you're in yeah the it sounds of, super if you're expensive in the France, but if you're in the Tour de France and you become and you become virtual Maio Jean you become that jersey changes colour there you go so and you that, can instantly we, see we it we know that that sort of tech is going to be available very very soon very soon and, uh, but, and I think the beautiful thing about cycling it's kind of uh, it's got this I keep saying this it's kind of it's wonderfully rich heritage but we should never lose sight of you know but it's also super exciting in terms of tech and development as well and there's a danger that we can uh, that we should we kind of need to embrace the future as well as kind of respecting and embracing the past never losing sight of it but continue to pursue kind of new avenues which make which actually open the spot to more and more people we don't want our sport to wither and die on the vine we need to we need to express ourselves and make it and keep on making it kind of accessible for lots and lots more people Yeah, good support that year from McCartney, although it was a slightly dysfunctional team, as we all know. Essentially, we had a platform to to kind of have this little adventure, you know, and it was uh, it was it, it was pretty amazing. Did you have a coach at the time, or was it just you? No, wow. Any okay, wow. I had the advice of Sean Yates, and uh, who kind of uh, was a man of few words, but the kind of what he did say was of great value, and I've got a lot of respect for for Sean. Is uh, we had a, we had a really enjoyable time, but he doesn't say much. But what he says, you kind of listen to. Yeah. Um, so, but a lot of it was just cherry picking advice, uh, listening to what other riders had to say, reading a lot. Although this is the early days of online 
you know, training. So it's basically asking questions and listening and reading and also riding on field, essentially, and making a lot of mistakes uh, in terms of how I was training. But finally, kind of getting it right, knowing when to peak and when not to peak. And it was, for me, very unscientific back then. Um, so I was just riding on kind of what I'd learned and what I'd picked up. It was almost, my kind of, my ability back then was almost purely based on an experiential kind of learning cycle and vocational and cherry picking little bits of knowledge. Was, was it quite an individual kind of thing? Like in terms of like, you know, everyone talks about it's the team, it's the team, but you would get, you went into the zero and obviously um, stage two crashed. Yeah. So after that, you're just literally, you're being told, look, you're riding for yourself. Just, you know, yeah. do oh, what you can. Yeah, we would, for the, once I crashed and stayed, managed to stay in, and the team said, look, Matt, you've just got to survive. So all the team meetings for us, although we managed to, like Dave McKenzie managed to win a stage, stage six or seven, whenever it was, we won a stage, Max got second the day after that. So we had, for our size, and remember we were a team riding a Grand Tour with 10 riders on, the, on its books. So it was very different to the situation now with pro teams and stuff. Um, but yeah, I was pretty much riding for myself with the, the support of the guys, the encouragement the and the kind of natural camaraderie you get in that sort of situation. But So for me, it was a very, in, actually the Giro was a very individual effort from day two. Although I actually got better after about a week and a half and started to contribute to trying to uh, bring back a few breaks and look after Kieran for a few of the sprints. But And then I kind of regressed a little bit in terms of my injuries and my kind of my, my general condition but so uh, if, if you don't know um so what uh, stage one prologue yeah um stage two straight into the mountains no messing much, yeah 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 um and it was a horrible day yeah horrible day big mountain descent i crashed on a wet corner and um as did a lot of other riders it wasn't the only one to lose it it was just slippery and bear in mind back then we were riding on 23 mil tyres pumped up to 110 psi and we just when you look back you think how the hell did I ride on those tyres but you just did and you kind of that's the way you learn um, don't try this at home kids no, no. and then Len, then crashed again but this time it was a little bit more catastrophic I hit my knee very bad both knees very badly uh, through, and I descent through this town a rider came off in front of me I had nowhere to go and end up in the ambulance as is well documented thought my race was over and then kind of realized that you know what I kind of I'm not willing to give it up here so pretty much politely fought my way out of the ambulance got become a bike and managed to finish last on the stage just inside the time limit and then got bandaged up and just battled through the next couple of weeks and ultimately well sadly quit on stage 17 because you got we got ill uh, uh, well I I I was taking steroid injections in my knees after after about day 12 because I was so my knees were really bad so I'd like I guess it would be a TUE kind of thing back then so okay. it's it 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 administered by the race doctor so it was all legit uh, but they said look you cannot you know you take these steroids for a couple of days and I was okay for a couple of days and they said no we can't give you any more it's going to be dangerous to your health and then I caught a chest infection immediately afterwards as well so wow. it wasn't good Wow. So I kind of uh, was going to write off, potentially write off the rest of my season. So I was chatting to Sean uh, and he said, no, you, you, you need to leave now. So in Brescia on stage 17, I finished the stage within the time limit, but we just decided that it'd be best for me to save the rest of my season and quit. So, so it was Sean, quite tough. Sean was your DS, is yeah. that right? Your DS at that yeah. time? Yeah. Okay. 
and he he and it, it was I think it was almost his first gig out of yeah, out of retirement. Yeah, he was. Uh, come to think of it, yeah, I never really thought about that, but he was uh, yeah brought on. But I think he'd had like a year out, right, and then came back in to do the McCartney stuff, and then he went on to do some stuff for Postal and the rest is an Astana and the rest yeah, is well sure. documented you know so uh, but yeah he was uh, yeah I'd got yeah a lot of fondness for Sean he was a, a lovely guy very, very kind hearted but very kind of direct you kind of knew where you were with him but uh, obviously his uh, overarching kind of uh, desire was to not just to succeed in the race and do what we could but just to make sure the riders were kind of alright you know and I, I was uh, digging a hole for myself continuing in that race um, so it was a big Oh, I was in tears, you know, the, the morning that we said we decided collectively I was going to quit. But at least I was on the start line in in the Vatican, you know, and there's a boyhood dream come true, pan, racing with Pantani, Cipollini, all those kind of guys. So it was uh, something it, I'll never forget, you know. What's the uh, what's the situation in the in the peloton in like that? So Marco Pantani comes alongside you. Do you say things? To, you you obviously understand sort of. I think his his legend has grown since his very sad passing. He was incredible then, but do, does he pull alongside you? Do you say, "Oh, you know, oh, ciao, Marco"? You know, do you yeah. have conversations with him, or I, I had um, one conversation. I say conversation because I didn't speak any. I speak French reasonably well. I was, did speak French better then, but um, spoke to Cipollini a few times in French. But I did speak to Pantani at the back. I can't remember what stage it was. Early on, bunch sprint, flattish stage, and we're at the back of the bunch. It's a headwind, so the bunch kind of fanned out across the road, as it does in a headwind situation. And we were right at the back, and he rode alongside me, and um, we were both riding on the drops. And he was, like, moving his neck around as if to kind of say, oh, I've got backache. And I I don't know what, I think I said, I can't remember what he said, why, I kind of glanced across and acknowledged it and he, he kind of laughed and said something and I said something back and I can't even remember what language we used but it was a some sort of international parlance yeah, that we kind sure. of de- that we decided was the default setting we both understood <laughs> and uh, it was a really really lovely moment because even then he was like he'd already won the Giro Tour Dublin 98 this was 2000 and uh, although he was he was younger than me then I think still younger than me but he was like a bit of a legend you know a troubled character even then but um, it was a moment that uh, was like it's like Christ I've just interacted with Pantani yeah, you know, sure. and wow. then there was a, latterly a week later I was in a group on one of the mountains with him I'd come, come round a little bit and uh, there was five of us he had two domestiques one other, two other riders and me and we were riding up this mountain with the tifo- surrounded by the Tifosi and I was riding on his wheel but flanked by two of his domestiques and that was I think one of the most incredible feelings I've ever had on a bike you know and I've never been to the sharp end of a Grand Tour or a Classic or anything but just riding on his wheel with, with people running alongside screaming into my ears till my ears are ringing but like and sitting on the wheel of Pantani being simultaneously whilst he was being simultaneously worshipped by the Tifosi on the stage of the Giro was one of the most amazing memories of my entire cycling career wow I think that's, it, that's I think amazing it's, it is it's absolutely amazing <laughs> and I'm kind, of, I'm kind of speechless yeah I can't I can't do anything really with that we, we, no. we talked the small um, moment in the whole the whole thing, but, it's, but for me it was, and I can still picture it now, and the feelings I had, yeah. the no, cold air that I was breathing in, oh, wow. just everything it was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. They see for me, for me, that's just that's just phenomenal. Like that story in itself. We're in a busy pub in London, but I was spellbound then. 
the best outfit for anyone like at the side of the road while you've been commentating? I think it might be mine from 1986. Right, get this. 1986, went to the tour as a 16-year-old, outdoors with my dad, and it was the, the day when Le Monde and Eno rode up together. Le Monde in yellow, Eno in the, in the, in the combine jersey. An iconic, the most iconic duo in the tour, I think, you'd kind of, of, of the least last 30, 40 years. And I was there with my little instamatic camera, and they, here they were, this is like me doing the kind of fan thing. I was wearing my look shorts, they didn't have bibs on, but they had braces, but the braces were, take, were basically hanging down by my side. I had a vest on from Marks & Spencer, so I have white vest, and I also had, not a word of a lie, a knotted hanky on my head to get the sun off. So, and the, the shorts had been taken in by my mum because my legs were so skinny, my knees were wider than my thighs, and I stood out in front of Le Monde and Hino, took the photo, stood back, watched them go by. Two weeks later, Winning Magazine published their bi-weekly newspaper of the Tour de France, and there was an aerial shot of Outdoors with its beautiful hairpins, the crowd. They got it, opened it up, and this is like, like the size of the Daily Telegraph, you know, full size, and it's a, like a big kind of paper in colour. And I looked and I thought, wow, that was where me and Dad were. And I kind of looked in, and basically, the photo from the helicopter was at the exact moment that I'd stood in the road and taken the photo. So there was me, and you could, I could see where I was because I knew where I was, and also because of the white blodge on my head, which was a knotted <laughs> hanky, standing in front of Le Monde and Hino, taking that photo, which I've still got. So this winning, the aerial photo is of me taking a photo of Le Monde and kind of Hino, which is the most meta That's thing. absolutely meta, beyond is, belief. And I was like, showed my dad, and we were just like, that's just amazing. <laughs> So, so I was you, on point. Is on Instagram? So no, I, that's somewhere. I, I, I'll just dig it out. But it's, it. So I the photo I've it. got is of, of the Le Mans eyes. No, like I, want, I want to see the picture of you. I don't care about the Le Mans. Oh, but but the, like, <laughs> the ultimate throwback Thursday. Oh, or yeah. tourback Thursday, so, as that could be. Yeah, I think I had... I think Amazing. I was wearing sandals. Yes. Uh, shorts wow. and a vest and wow. a knotted hanky. Wow, amazing. So I kind of... without I know that's... It's got to be me, really, as a 16-year-old. Yeah. I'm Matt Stevens, and you're listening to the Cycling Jerseys podcast. Make creamy as you like. Absolute creamy. I'm Matt Stevens, and you're listening to the Cycling Jerseys podcast. <laughs> He's good as Matt, isn't he? What a nice chap. We could have uh, talked to him for hours, and we did, actually, um, but we decided we had to turn the microphone off after a while uh, so that we could talk about things that you know wouldn't get us into trouble if we uh, stuck them on Sound- SoundCloud and iTunes and the like. So I hope you enjoyed it. We, we certainly did. Um, thanks so much, Matt, for uh, joining us. Um, I'm sure we will get a chance to do some more in future. Um, back to the bike show, Birmingham, then and a few interviews that we did while uh, swanning around, drinking cups of tea and eating energy bars. So, Ian Cleverly, are we, do, we call you, do we call you executive editor? You can if you want, you can come whatever you like, Rich. Okay. You know, but you know, you've known me long enough. I have, yeah. Glorious, beautiful man. 
uh, no body fat on him. Not a hint of irony <laughs> in your face at all. No. From either of you. It's sort we of staring are, each other out. We're at the cycle show. Are you having a good time? Well, it's a cycle show. Yeah. It's alright. <laughs> <laughs> once, you, once you've seen one. Yeah. Have you seen anything that, that uh, catches your eye? It's a really boring question, isn't it? Well, to be honest, it is. But you're not the first one to have asked. No, I know. It's, really, it's like the generic. I've, 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 I've not really... Every time I try to go and look at something, somebody comes up and starts talking to me. Says, like, do you want to be on a podcast? <laughs> well, not that, no, but one of my ex-couriers just came up to me and said, do you remember me from, like, 1980-something? And I went, no. And she goes, my name's Heather. And I went, no, no, no. And I said, what was your rider name? She goes, Ken. I went, what, Ken? Why didn't you say there so? There you go. So it's, uh, it's a bit like... So Big I haven't looked at anything, but I am in the market for a, a new winter bike. I used to have a really nice, cheap Genesis, an Equilibrium, in, in red, and it, looked, it just looked... Mm-hmm. Look lovely, you know. And I just, I'm going to go back. What happened to it? Uh, I sold it like an idiot. Oh. And just, just because I wanted to change a bike, and so I'm, I'm, I'm going back to a, Which a one steel you... one color. Oh, you nice. Know. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You're a classy chap. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, so nice link. Speaking of classy, yeah. What's your favourite cycling jersey of all time? Do you know what? It's quite an unusual one. Uh, I've got, I, I don't know how I came about, uh, to acquire it, but it's called, uh, the team is called Mini Flat Colnago, and it's just a, ba- a big band of green, big band of cream, and I'd never seen another one like it. And then we got Paul Smith to do our 50th anniversary cover for us, which was a load of jerseys all scrumped up on a table. He's got one. So I figured, look, if Paul's got one, then that's classy. You know, so that that, it went right up in my estimation. Now (laughs) now I look after it, even it's a bit. I just used to wear it a lot, so it's a bit, it's a bit saggy, a bit torn here and there. Are they an Italian team? I'm not, I've not really investigated I, I assume so and I, I yeah I, I, need, I do need to investigate more yeah, yeah. but um, I, I, they may not have even be a top Colnago level Mini Mini Flat Colnago Mini Flat Colnago yeah wow. I think that might that might be the, their only ever mention on this podcast I don't know I've never, I'd never heard of them that's amazing yeah no, for sure but on the opposite end of the scale one last question worst jersey of all time oh it's it's probably Le Groupement Oh, okay. Probably. Graham O'Brien. Yeah, Miller. Yeah. All that. But, but it, may, it may be the association with the fact that it was a complete... Desert. Well, you know, the whole thing was a complete bulls-up, wasn't mm. it? The, you know, pyramid-selling nonsense yeah. team yeah. that folded before it even started. Yeah, it's um, interesting how the association of a, of a team and, and therefore its jersey can cloud how or, or give rose-tinted spectacles to how you... Look at the jersey. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. It's yeah. almost the perfect um, jersey for now. I think that in some ways, I've seen so many brands that have done like camo and then taken camo and then done it multicolored. Oh yeah! And that's they were the first. They did it. They they did it first. And I think had they had that team worked, I think you could imagine having a conversation where people would think that that actually oh, probably yeah, is at the other end of the scale. It, it it could have become one of the all-time classics yeah. just be, just because yeah of the association. Yeah, you're there you go. Right. Good. Brilliant. Thanks, Ian. Ian Cleverly, thank you very much. Pleasure, gents. Thanks, mate. We're at Fibrax with Ellis. Yep, that's it. Hello. Uh, we are uh, Obviously, we're here with the Cycling Jerseys podcast. And Ellis from Fibrax, I think, has some of the best sealed cables in the market. If you have a cyclocross bike, 
uh, mountain bike. Yeah, they fit mountain bikes too. If you have anything like that that goes off-road or on-road on for that road. matter, yeah. uh, it's the best stuff around, frankly. Silky smooth, isn't it? Yeah, mm. it's really great. So, Ellis, we'll ask you the question that we've been asking everybody. What's your favourite jersey of all time? Could be mountain biking. Could oh yeah, be it could be any, anything. Biking. Yeah. We're going to open it up today, since we're at the bike show. That, so. that I think is a very hard question. I think, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, the Mape. Mape? Yeah, Mape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think their jersey's quite nice. I like that. Yeah, wicked. Okay. Yeah. It's a classic. It's it one. Is. It's one that people have mentioned a bit. It is. It's a bit marmite. Some yeah. people hate it. Some people love it. It stands out. We love it. Yeah. Yeah. Good colours. The worst jersey of all time. Mm. What would you not wear? Oh, I don't know. I thought of something then, but I can't say that. Why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a cheeky look on his oh, face. I have, yeah, no. I think he's always got that it's look. It's a, a competitor's jersey. I wouldn't wear oh, a competitor's oh, jersey. Oh, very, yeah, yeah, very yeah, diplomatic. Yeah, nice. Okay. Oh, right, okay. That's, that's it. That's, that's okay. the answer. No, that's no it. More. <laughs> okay. You're not getting anything more. No. Brilliant. Okay. Nice one. Alice, Alice. thank you very much. No Cheers, mate. Have a good show. Nice one. Sneak up on him. Hey! Is that a really good, like, hey for you guys? I think that was pretty good. Do you know James? Hi, James. Hello, James. How you doing? This is Ed. How you doing? This is Rich. Hello, mate. Hi, yeah. How you doing? So, this guy's he's a speaker. He's, a, he's an inspiration. I do know Dean Downing, yes. Fellow podcaster. Fellow podcaster. He's been on our podcast. Dean, okay. and you are the world record for the week yes yes you know it uh, amongst other things congratulations thank you very much so these guys Rich does all the illustrations with Team Sky BMC okay. that kind of stuff Ed's the man from Miltag yeah and this is a mic <laughs> really yeah and I thought that was just another friend, one of friend, friends friend of the podcast friend of the show spontaneously dragged into it one night <laughs> yeah it was good fun a rainy a rainy evening with a fun, fancy new haircut me uh yeah. Yeah, that's just because it grows so fast. It grows so fast. I'm like a Wookiee. The hairiest man in cycling. <laughs> Can you see it's it from here? Back as well. This is growing really back. That, well, you shaved this morning, didn't you? First I, thing. I shaved. Yeah, yeah, I did. You should see me when I got off the train. Literally, just after he got off the train, he rubbed a razor over his face, and now look at him. Yeah. It takes a few hours. You know. My goodness me. Yeah. Keep him well. Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah, a bit, like a bit zonked out because so we were doing. James was doing all the presenting and stuff for Revolve 24 this weekend. Yeah, brilliant. I was riding it. So, you're zonked out from presenting, I'm zonked out from riding, and neither of us... I think it's easier to ride it. Do you? Yeah. Well, what was the weather like? Cold. Cold. So, wet. Fro- Sunny. Uh, had, uh, Jason Hail. Kenny's team were, were wearing my, our kit. Yeah. Okay. Look great. Yeah, look quite... Yeah, they they look, look really good. Smart. Yeah, they look yeah. really good. They're quite old school. What did it say? It said something on the arse, I can't remember what it was. But it's Bailey, but they were Bailey. sponsored by, so... I would imagine it. it was that, unless yeah, someone Bailey. dogged yeah. something on <laughs> Bailey's drink? Uh, caravans could have been the drink though could have been it would have been better if well, if I'd have done that that would definitely be Irish cream definitely yeah. brown shorts <laughs> definitely Ooh, we've had, had that controversial chat that's border <laughs> Bailey's do, brown do shorts. shorts should be black yeah I'm with yeah. you I'm with you we've had this We're discussion this is it this is good shorts should be black and black black that's it black always yeah. always black so we'll, 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 we'll do a quick one then um, James Golding yes uh, favourite jersey of all time? Oh, you can't start off with that. That's the, the only question. question. The only no, question. Favourite jersey of all time? Mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be fair, you have got your own jersey. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What's I, your jersey look like? Um, it's a black jersey with a green stripe across the middle uh, with one step at a time across the back of it. Nice. Because one step at a time you can achieve anything you want to. Wow. Okay. So From wiggling my toes to a world record. So to, to put this into perspective, James also had cancer twice and okay. is an absolute... And got hit by a truck. And got hit by a truck. Or was that was that Race Across America or something? Uh, ride Across America. It wasn't Race Across America. Ride Across America. But you were racing We have to it. make sure we get the two correct because I'm doing Race Across America in 2019 yeah. as a solo. Hey, I might see you there. You won't see me. You might see the challenge you might see is down. I might, I might see you at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you team James or are you team Chris? That's the question we're asking. Know, I'm not sure. I'm, oh. I'm team Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> <laughs> they sound much better. Sponsored by Wensleydale. Yeah, <laughs> and Crackers. <laughs> yeah. So, wow, okay. That's quite... Yeah, I went from 14 stone to 6 and couldn't lift my own head off a pillow. Wow, okay. Mm, had less than 5% chance of survival. Had to relearn how to walk. Cycled across America, got hit by a truck two thirds of the way across, went back, did it again, the whole thing from start to finish in 24 days. Without the truck. Without the truck. Yeah. Got, di- the truck. Got, got diagnosed with cancer for a second time just after I got back. Um, raised over three million since then. Um, and then now, Guinness seven day world record holder. What, what, what was the record? 1,766 miles in seven days which is 252 miles a day or for the for the non-cycling people roughly the equivalent of London to Paris every day for a week good skills when did you do that uh, I did it in June nice. so just the, did it the weather June, wasn't uh, good for you though no, the, the, the weather, weather was awful it wasn't it was really funny because like two weeks before doing it we'd got that really bad wind and rain and everything else so we were kind of saying okay weather permitting we're going to start the, within the so we weren't I didn't really want to shout about it because I just wanted to kind of go and get it get it done because I'd attempted it in 2014 and didn't achieve it. Um, so we were kind of being a little bit coy about it, but in, in the circle it was like, right, weather permitting, we start on the 19th. And we only started using that because of the because it was raining so bad. And then you're kind of looking at the predicted forecast and it's like, yeah, 18, that's all right. Yeah, 20, yeah, yeah, that's good. 22, still good. 23, car's got air con, Dino. <laughs> And then all of a sudden it's like, no, it's going to be 35 degrees. <laughs> and it's like, Ouch. Mm, that's a bit warm. And we had kind of 30, I think the highest we saw was about 39 for three days. And that just blew the plan out of the water, really. We were kind of stopping for three hours during the day. And where, where, was it, where were you doing it? Just locally to home, which is rugby. Okay. Um, just purely for the fact that you know where everything is. Logistically, it's very easy. Cost-wise, it minimises the cost massively. Um, so my wife and little boy went to stay with my mum. Um, Dino moved into the house and we created carnage, really. Um, there was food and stuff everywhere. But kind of 30, you know, hitting temperatures of that, we kind of, all of a sudden we found that we were going home for three hours around sort of two o'clock in the afternoon. So do you, all, you already think that you can do a lot better had it not been for those conditions? Yeah, I think with everything that you with everything you do it's not just that I kind of with all the school talks and the inspirational speaking and motivational speaking that I do kind of once you've done something you learn from that and you improve on it so and that should be the way I'm a big fan of failure failure is an interesting word though so kind of the first record attempt did I fail at the first record attempt no you learn from it yeah, so it means actually as a success because we learn how to do it. Yeah, exactly. So failure is only when you stop doing something. If you don't achieve it and you go, oh, well, I'm done now, that's 
you could say I, that I think I, I, I think it's the right thing to teach to anybody and you know, but certainly kids I think that you know, there's too much emphasis on doing something and getting it right and yeah. you know you, you don't you should never consider it ever being right correct you should always consider it being something that you can improve on and yeah well this year we're launching a school program so I want to go into 50 schools over the next 12 months across the country cool. 14 to 18 year olds about believe to achieve you you can achieve it maybe you have to prove yourself at something you don't particularly enjoy but if you can prove yourself at that then people will have more confidence in you wanting to achieve your dream yeah, and, and your goals so um, yeah I think we can go back and we can get more out of it um, I think we learned lessons then one of the things that we learned was that actually we can achieve far more at night than we can during the day yeah. um, it's just getting your head around the fact that you feel like you're going a lot faster than you really are at night as you will have learned from, from Revolve at the weekend yeah. Um, so yeah I think we might have another crack at it and get it a bit higher than, cool. than what we did Amazing. but Race Across the West is, is for me uh, which is a qualifier for Ram so that goes from San Diego to Colorado and then Ram 2019 um, National 24 hour TT next year and a few other bits on a TT bike don't we TT bikes on order good man oh, right. you, the records in the back would you consider something like transcontinental yeah. or um, is that sort of thing not for you I'd consider the Trans Am right um, I'm not sure about the transcontinental I'm not Part of the reason why I got into doing it the way that I do with the support crew is when I initially went across America, there wasn't an insurance company that would go anywhere near me of because of because of having cancer and, yeah. and because of the potential complications. So I actually had septicemia and peritonitis as well. So um, where they've opened me up several times before, there's potential complications with that. So it was always a case of we won't go near you. So I just got into the whole supported thing supported is kind of a loose word you know you've got a friend with you is a bit of a comfort blanket rather than an actual support yeah, yeah psychologist sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah kind of yeah mom. Dean um, Dowling is mum he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he did take the tag name of maid halfway, <laughs> halfway, halfway through the seven day no, did he, he have a little he dress doesn't, he doesn't love that no <laughs> Um, he's coming. He's coming so down we, tomorrow. So we should probably not mention that on a podcast. Well, no, it's fine. He's coming down tomorrow. He's, he's staying. At, uh, staying at my house before he's here on Friday. So, um, but um, so I just got kind of into the supported stuff rather than the unsupported stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the idea of Trans Am um, does kind of appeal to me. Cool. Um, but I think we we've got a bit of a plan. We're going well with what we're doing. So I wouldn't really want to change that too much at the moment. Cheers, James. We'll stay in touch. Thank you. All the best. Thank you very much. Brilliant. A story. So that was it, episode number nine, over and done with. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in, as ever. Um, do like and dis- uh, subscribe, like and describe. Thanks for tuning in, as ever. Please like and subscribe on iTunes and the like, um, so that we can try and make more of these and know that people are listening. Get hold of us at the CJ Podcast on Twitter or on Instagram. Send us your pictures and your questions, because next episode we'll definitely get back to some level of normality although on this podcast i don't think there's such a thing where we uh, try and uh, answer some questions about uh your cycling kits um and review some kits on club kit corner so till then see you soon stay stylish your buggers